I have a large red eye. Black. What are you having? Large iced pumpkin spice latte, please. Welcome to Coffee with Chachi, where real-life experiences and lessons are shared in conversation over a cup of coffee. Happy Monday, everyone. We got a special treat today. I sat down with co-founder of the Happy Factory Gym. We talked about his life, how he started with one or two clients, uh, running businesses with a wife and kids, just how he hustled to get where he's at, coming from one or two clients and now owning a gym. So sit back, have yourself some coffee, and check out this conversation. All right, everybody, let's do this. Uh, it's, it's Monday again, right? Yeah, Monday, November what? November 29th. Yeah, we'll probably drop this though a few weeks from now. Okay. Is this coffee with Chachi? This is coffee with Chachi, buddy. I don't drink coffee, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna pop me one of these little. Uh, oh shit! Oh, Ooh, got a little squirt going on over there. Uh, a little monster. A little monster action. 160 hey. milligrams of caffeine. Definitely not opposed. Definitely not. Definitely not opposed to. Uh, what people drink. I actually really like the low carb ones. Man. The, the blue black, the black, the blue W or M. Yeah. Those are, those are my jam. I only go low carbs uh, or like the, the non, no sugar. I'm sure someone's going to say on this, it's going to give you cancer and all this while they're like, you know, smoking a cigarette or drinking a bunch of alcohol. So you know what? You pick your poison. I'll pick my poison. I won't judge you. You don't judge me. I mean, that makes tons of sense. You know, what my favorite thing in the world is when moms tell me, oh, I couldn't do that because that endangers my kids. And one of the biggest uh, impact to kids and injuries is uh, car accidents. So I'm like, then you shouldn't be driving your kid in a car anyway. Go get yourself a horse and buggy. A horse and buggy. <laughs> take the back roads. Anyways, you can tell us two voices today. I have Jake, my boy here. So probably be a little longer today. No, we'll do about 15 minutes. We'll probably do like 30. So make sure you have two cups of coffees or three monsters. <laughs> I mean, I always feel like I can drink cold drinks a little quicker than I can hot drinks. So... There's that. So let's kind of just jump in. I'm drinking coffee. I got it from good old Happy Factory. Plugged out a few times probably today. Um, I mean, they provide Keurigs here. So half the time I work out, I'm just... Is your gym providing you Keurigs? If they're not, then you need to get down to the Happy Factory, 6311 North 7th Street. I got another plug in there. Plug plug number two. Um, so let's break it down. I'm just sipping on this coffee. Jake's on this monster. We're about to have a conversation. So Jake, give me the the extended elevator ver uh, elevator version by the way i do one take miss up and miss up we just move on with life that's how it is so the elevator version but extended you know provide a little detail what let people know who you is uh yeah so my name is jake elston uh i'm 31 years old now getting older getting older and older got some gray hairs popping in uh i'm a personal trainer i'm one of the founders here at the happy factory in central phoenix um we started as a group fitness studio with and then also a personal training studio. So we kind of had two, two areas of our gym and our business model was gonna be, you know, having group classes on one side and then personal training on the other. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID and all this craziness and during the, or can I even say this? Are we gonna get like shadow banned for saying the C word? Okay, the virus hit. The virus. Uh, and just due to um, 
you know, all the lockdowns and stuff, we switched our business model. So we're basically just a personal training studio now. So we have a bunch of awesome trainers in here who kind of, they work independently, uh, but the, the happy factory gets to kind of be a, a incubator gym because there's a lot of trainers out there that don't understand, you know, how expensive it actually is to not only open, but run a gym. And so those fitness enthusiasts and those trainers that really love to still help and coach and, and teach people, you know, we want to be able to provide them that opportunity without saying like, hey, y'all got to open up your own gym and fork out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars so they can still make a great living, provide an amazing service under our roof. Um, born and raised here in Arizona, went to Tolleson Elementary, Tolleson Union High, shout out to T-Town. I used to know the, man, the man, city manager of Tolleson and his kids lived down the street from Oh, yeah. Um, went to GCC, um, Glendale Community College for those of you who don't know. Uh, they call it the, the Harvard of the West Valley. Just kidding. No, they don't. <laughs> um, uh, I had a, I had my, my daughter at a super young age, 19 years old. Uh, that forced me to grow up like super fast. And uh, it was terrifying and exciting all at the same time. I've uh, been with my wife of like 18 years now since my eighth grade year. Um, we have two kids now. Uh, Mia is 11 and Ace is eight. Um and my college career, I kind of, I was, I guess you consider, you can't really drop out of college, but I consider myself a, a college can dropout. Back, right? <laughs> can always go back. Um, but business was more where uh, my my head was at because I had to make money. I had to provide uh, a living. I had to provide an income for my, my family. And going to school and doing unpaid internships really wasn't the business. Right. And it really wasn't in the cards. So uh, I told, coins like that. yeah, I told my wife, I said, stay in school. Um, and I went the business route, yeah. and uh, it's extremely hard. It's extremely rewarding. Um, but I didn't really. I had mentors around me, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I started out in like kind of, I guess you could say, quote unquote, corporate America. Sure. I was working at Ashley Furniture. I'm um, just doing, uh, man, 2000 and like 2009 till like 2011. No, man. Yeah, 2009 to like 2011. Were you training at the same time? Yeah, so man, I was uh, my, you know, from the age of like 19 to 21, I don't really remember too, too much because uh, it was, I was training clients illegally, hustling, uh, mm -hmm. training clients at like LA Fitness before and after work. Uh, and then I would go to work. And then sometimes even after work, I'd go train more clients. So shout out to all the LA Fitnesses <laughs> that either one knew what I was doing or, or two, they didn't know what I was doing. My bad. So on the way to your car, they would give you your cash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and then I realized I, I, I wasn't I wasn't cut out for corporate America. I really didn't uh, like feeling like a caged up animal. Uh, and, and a shout out to all my people who love their nine to fives. There's nothing wrong with having a nine to five. Yeah. Just some people are different, and there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but I wanted to do my own thing, so I started personal training. I went to school for strength and nutrition, exercise science, and I just love coaching. I love teaching more yeah. than I actually like working out myself. Yeah. So um, that's where it started, and I didn't want to give up on that dream. But for all my personal trainers out there, or even business owners, uh, solopreneurs, self-employed people, we all know like growing a business and growing clientele and customers is it's extremely hard. And uh, I was like bootstrapping, man. I, I had no marketing budget. I had nothing. No one really even taught me how to market or do anything. Right. Um, so I started out with like three clients and yeah. 
Uh, it was rough. Times were super rough. 2010, 11, 12. This is like 2011. No this social is, media. This, yeah, no, I was terrible at social media. This is the beginning of 2012. I think I started my actual like official career. I yeah. quit uh, Ashley Furniture. I straight told them I'm not doing something. Yeah, I was like, they, they, they brought me into my day off, and I was supposed <laughs> to have some time off, and I was like, man... And uh, they were like, gotta do this delivery. And I said, y'all have like five people here tomorrow. They're like, well, we only relied on you. I'm like, y'all want to bring me in? Anyways, I quit the day before Christmas Eve, uh, December 23rd, I believe it was 2011. I'm almost positive 2011. And then I started training after that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I only had three clients. So I didn't really have a plan. My plan was don't, don't sink. You don't know what sink. I mean? I gotta learn how to don't swim. Don't lose one client. Yeah. Um, and it was tough. And, and shout out to uh, Dennis Gardea, Chad Wallahan, and Aaron Johnson. Those are my three clients. Wow. And I still have a relationship with Chad Wallahan is now my business partner. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. I do know Chad. Yeah. And um, Aaron Johnson is still a client of mine. That's an OG. Shout out to Aaron. And Dennis, I, I still like I keep in contact with Dennis. I'll say what's up to him a couple times a year. Um, but yeah, man, times were rough. Personal training is extremely hard. Um, I'm terrible at social media even to this day. I mean, there was no social media really back then, though. Yeah, there was, like, like Facebook was kind of popping off oh, yeah. a little bit. I would say that, yeah. But, like, like with I think with all of the ads and stuff now, it wasn't like that. I don't even, I don't remember it being, like, that big. Like, you know, it might have been, but I'm still, I'm still think, a caveman. Yeah. I'm still a caveman. I, I still, like, I use social media <laughs> uh, as well as I know. Yeah. But I was always just really good with people. Like, sure. I vibe with people. Um, because as a personal trainer, it was more like, I wasn't just trying to get paid. I wasn't just trying to get people ripped. I, I just saw people for who they were and they had a issue and there was usually underlying issues. They'd come in and say, you know, I want to lose weight, but there was so much deeper, deeper shit than that. Right. And, and that's really more what I was, um, interested in saying, okay, yeah, we lost 20 pounds. That's a byproduct of training nutrition, but now they got a job promotion. Now they met Mr. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Right. Yeah. And that was always a, a cooler story for me. But in, 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 in growing my clientele to what it is today, uh, you know, I had a hustle. Yeah. So you were like, where are you teaching? Where are you coaching these three people? Is that the LA Fitness? It was, uh, it was at Tangible Fitness located off of 7th Street. It was called Tangible Fitness. Yeah. So that's where you started to with those three clients? Yeah. I started at Tangible Fitness so with three you, clients. You had three clients. You're paying a tax to, or a rent fee? Yeah, I'm paying rent, man. I had a, I had a $400 a month rent. And, you know, I only had three clients, but I also had an apartment. I had car payments. I had phone. I had cable, all this. Um, so I knocked, I, I sold home security systems door to door in between clients. Um, a couple things. One, it was, it was great cash, but it really helped build my communication skills and my interpersonal skills mm-hmm. with people. Because, I mean, if anyone who's ever tried to sell anything like car dealership guys are cool but someone's already coming to you looking because they want a car but there are very few people that wake up and be like man i hope one of those door knockers comes and tries to sell me a home security system i can't wait till someone knocks on my door so tony uh tony robbins said that selling door to door for two years is better than a college degree yeah i heard that he said i think he said like two years of knocking doors doors, he's like you'll gain so much more than if you did if you were just Mm -hmm. and honestly i attribute that um you know, I attribute a lot of my my success, what I deem as success. Uh, I had really good mentors. Um, had a guy named Brett Harris that, like, you know, I was, I had that kind of small mind, that small town, small mind type right. uh, of, of mentality where it's like, you know, I was just going to get a job. 
nine to five for 30 or 40 years, probably hate my job, but at least I have a retirement. And, you know, I have to give it to Brett that he was like, you know, man, you're there are bigger and better things than just a a nine to five. That's not really your path. And he really helped show me how to hustle. So I have to really uh, give a huge shout out to Brett because he, he taught me how to hustle. He taught me the that there was more out there yeah. than, than just what I was thinking. And it kind of helped really broaden my horizons. Um, so, yeah, I was knocking door to door. Still had a rent. The, 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 the gym owner didn't care if I didn't have money. He didn't yeah, care if I have one or a hundred clients. It was rent's due at the first of the month. Dollars. Yeah, and uh, big uh, worm's gonna come get you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, and then I just started hustling, and um, you know, I went through a, a gigantic depression. Um, I want to because I just wasn't picking up any traction with clients, yeah. and uh, I, I gained some clients, and I was hustling, and it was. I mean, it was. It just felt like I was on that hamster wheel though still yeah and i was on that hamster wheel of just like i'm working all hard but i would lose a client gain a client just to lose a client yeah sell some home security systems not sell some home security systems and i fell into like a huge depression like really bad um and i had my daughter and my daughter looks at me like i'm a hero yeah and i just remember being like i'm a bum i'm a bum i can't buy ramen noodles right now. yeah like i you know so you know, and there were some there were some times where like I kept losing clients, and it wasn't necessarily that I was a bad trainer. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought my skill set was was good at the time, um, but I just didn't know, I didn't know how to run a business. Yeah, I didn't know how to continue to, in my process of growing. It was like I was still figuring out how to maintain those relationships, how to maintain that, right. uh, get my contracts right too, protect myself as a business so that. You know, I start training Joe Schmo month one, and he's like, oh, cool, I'm, I'm in. I'm going to be with you for, like, at least a year to get my results. And then after month one, he's like, oh, I blew all my money at the bar. Yeah, it was club last So I can't, I can't pay you this month. It's like, bro. Um, That's got to be so, tough for trainers, huh? That's yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Like, you know, with personal training... A lot of times, the problem with personal trainers, they don't view themselves as a business. And that's really what my growth, that's what happened to me. I just viewed myself as just a personal trainer. I teach a mean deadlift, a mean squat, a mean bench, right? But when it came to, um, um, when it came to, you know, growing and marketing and making sure my, my, I was treated like a business, I I just didn't do that. So when you're three clients deep, paying $400 a month at Tangible, you got your girl, and your daughter mm. what is that person's outlook oh man it was dark bro my <laughs> my outlook was dark i was mad at the world i was mad at all these clients who kept canceling i was mad at my parents i was mad at everybody yeah uh and just man i felt like a complete loser yeah. uh, in high school i felt like i was like supposed to be that guy like yeah. that guy that goes on to college and i was going to be the cardinal strength coach you know yeah. what i'm saying and here i am you know 20 20 years old uh, I'm, I'm scraping by yeah. my savings is, is going to, to complete shit and I'm broke and uh, I was just so down bro like yeah. I was just I was down the dumps and then you know one day uh, you know whether you call it God universe love whatever people want to call it I was just so I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah. shout out to I think that's from Joe Dirt um, and I and I looked at my bank account. And I had like seven dollars and sixty four cents in my bank account. Yeah. And um, and I had it was like a Wednesday or some shit, and I had rent due nine hundred eighty nine dollars. I remember that that amount nine hundred eighty nine dollars. It was Wednesday, and next Friday I got rent. I'm like, damn, like I don't know how. Double up. You know, like how am I gonna do yeah. this? You I know, nineteen hundred dollars. Right. And so, 
I I just one day, man. Like I said, I, I'm a for me. I have a concept of of a, of a God. You know what I mean. I follow more kind of Christianic style stuff. But shout out to anyone who doesn't believe in that. Whatever you want to call it, that's just my my thing. And something just told me like, yo, you got to do something. And I, I took my daughter to the babysitter that I couldn't even afford. And I said, hey, Mary Lou, you mind if I pay you next week? Because that's when I get paid. And she said, cool. I really didn't even have that money. But I dropped my daughter off and I drove to Barnes and Noble. And I, shot, I, I reached out to one of my mentors. And I said, hey, man, what, what books or things should I buy? I'm stuck in a rut. And I bought The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Yeah. And I, I bought the movie uh, The Secret. And I bought it all on credit, of course, because I ain't got, I don't <laughs> have cash, bro. Oh, would you like maybe that? Uh, Chase Bank is about to pay for this. Yeah. And <laughs> so, um, and I went home, man, and I, and I watched this movie The Secret. And I started reading, bro. Like, I was possessed. Like, I had, yeah. I, I had something inside of me changed. And one of the biggest things that, that chapter one in The Success Principles was, like, take responsibility for everything. Sure. And that's when my mindset flipped. Right. That I was so before you earlier you were saying you're mad at your parents, you're mad at everybody, gym owner, everybody else because they messing with you because you a victim, bro. Right. right. Like I had that victim shit. Me down. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And it was just like I took responsibility for my actions. Like no one decided to have a kid besides me and my wife. Right. You know what I'm saying? No one told me to be a personal trainer other than myself. Um, I didn't. I didn't have contracts for people to give me a 30 day notice. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, so my mindset just flipped and it was also, you know, a lot of the book talk and I just, I'm telling you, I read, bro. Like I was just reading. Yeah. Like I had, I never read like that in my life before and just, just soaking up things, notes. I got my highlighter out. I'm like writing shit down and I was at the gym and in between clients, like very few clients I had, I'm like reading and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reading, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to become a better person. I'm trying to become a more successful person. Yeah. And growing up you know coming from like a low to a low-income family and stuff like that working class maybe maybe um you know again small minds small like small world small minds you know what i'm saying and like success to me was like having a shit ton of money like you had to have a shit ton of money and so i was so worried about money 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 and not losing clients and that scarcity and and then like i'm reading and i'm just looking at stuff i'm like man all i really care about honestly is just helping people like i just want to help people like fuck the money. The money be a fucking byproduct. I start. Sure. I started listening to the Tony Robbins, and there was a point in time where he was broke, and he literally gave his last dollar to this kid who was taking his mom out on a, a, a son mother date. It was oh, nice. And he said, "Man, when I didn't have any money, I was free." And for me, it was when I stopped seeing money as my success. I felt so goddamn free. And peep this, the very next week, I'm just, man, I'm like, man, I, I was driving to work, like, man, I'm going to help somebody, today. I don't care who it is, yeah. but I'm going to help someone. And this lady named Anna Bebic, I remember, shout out to Anna, she, she still follows me on, on Instagram, um, she came to me, and I mind you, I'm losing, like, I'll gain a client, I'll lose a client, it's, yeah. it's just constant hamster wheel. And sometimes it was tracking down payments, like, hey, man, can you pay me, like, what's up, like, you know, mm-hmm. it was tough. And this lady named Anna Bevick, and I just, I walk in the gym, I bust out like the one client I have for the morning. She comes up, she goes, I want to train with you. And I said, well, good, because I want to, I want to get your results. And we start talking about all, her, all of her things. Yeah. Right? Not just the bullshit of like, how much weight you want to lose? How many inches you want to lose? I'm not that surface level bullshit. I'm yeah. talking about like, what's going to make you happy? Right. And she was like, I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z sure. in her personal life. I'm like, oh, this is so much, this is me helping somebody. 
and I'm not even thinking about the money. And she goes, how much, how much is it to, to train with you three times a week? And I was like, oh, well, you know, and I'm, I'm a little nervous, right? Because yeah. I hate the money part. Talking about the money, yeah. And I said, because uh, I have a bad relationship with money. Yeah. You know, I was viewed like I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to be successful sure. even financially. Sure. And I was, you know, a lot yeah, of us have that. A lot of yeah, a lot of people have that. And I said, well, you know, it's this much. And she goes, how long are you going to be here? I'm like, well, I'm just meeting with you. She goes, don't leave. And bro, she comes back and drops me cash. She cashed money in the bank. And I was like, oh shit. Like she paid up in cash. Like she yeah. didn't care. We started like the very next day. That very same week, I landed like three clients, three extra clients. And I was able to pay for rent. Yeah. I landed like $1,100, $1,200 in cash. Cash and dope. And I was able to pay for rent, bro. And with a couple hundred bucks left over. Right. And I was, it, I changed my mindset. My mindset of success wasn't dollars it wasn't having nice cool shit it was just like how many people can i help help today it opens up your like so for me i noticed what happens because when you describe that story which is dope i like notice how like vision works Mm -hmm. just like your own actual eyesight like when i'm ultra doing a trail run and i'm doing a trail run at like two in the morning i have a headlamp i literally can only see that little tunnel yeah everything else is dark so when i feel like i'm negative or i'm like I only want one thing. I can only see that. Right. I don't know the fuck next to me. Am I running on a canyon, a mountaintop, trees? All I see is that, dude. I miss so much. Mm-hmm. But the moment you step back and you're just like, I'm just gonna help everybody. Yeah. It's like broad daylight. It's freeing, bro. And you just like, oh, look, I can help that person, that yeah. person. But when you have that tunnel vision, just one spot. You miss yeah. Opportunity after opportunity. My, my and whole, it's your fault. My whole mindset was like, I was a loser. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, watching my other friends go off to college, get their degrees and sure. stuff, and get these careers, I kept like comparing my life to them. I would see stuff on social media which I hate, and I was, you know, my whole thing was like the success was like, oh, I don't have a lot of clients, so I'm not making money, and it was freeing that I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the money. I mean, it sucks that I, I sometimes it's crazy because I I love to do this, and it almost feels weird that I have to charge for my passion. Right. But it's still a business. I, I still have, you know, but if I won the lottery, I swear to God, I had $100 million in the bank account. I'd still be training. Like, and I would just tell my clients, like, hey, man, like, you can still train with me and just whatever whatever fee you normally have with me, like, put that towards a charity or something. Um, keep it a business. That, that's what I would do. Dollar an hour, though. You got to keep it a business. Right, right. Um, and so, like you said, man, it was, it was so freeing and so, you know, success to me started changing. Right. And it, and it wasn't any more about like I have to reach this level of income it was just like what was going to be my impact right like how many people am I legitimately genuinely going to help and not just accepting money from some asshole or you know some person that can't stand because all I got to make a buck yeah so went from stacking coins to like stacking how many people I can make a difference with 100% and and my mindset changed and honestly like you said like all that that tunnel vision of bullshit it was gone right and I could see the big picture and I didn't care, man. When I saw people with nice stuff, instead of being like upset or envious, I was like, man, I'm, I'm happy for them. Good for you, bro. Like, yeah, good for you. As long as they're happy too, doing it, yeah. I was happy for them. Yeah. I hate seeing people that have nice shit that are miserable. Miserable. Because I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all are missing miserable. the point. Like, they say rich people are miserable. I, I mean, know. I've never been rich. You know, I think rich is a, I think rich is a mindset though too. It's just like success, right? So success is a mindset, and I think that's like one of the biggest things that you and I talk about is, you know. You have to ultimately define what your definition of right. success is. Right. And I think that too many times, especially with social media, I hate blaming social media so much, but it is, it's a, it's a huge factor out there that 
don't uh, my biggest my biggest thing I think to and I'm only 31 so I'm not the 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 most wise but I have some experience in life now kids make you grow up fast um don't allow I think a lot of us should take this to know like don't allow society or social media dictate what your true definition of success right. is you see what I'm saying a lot of us we go and we see like this you know six these these uh success kind of pages mm. and all it is like lamborghinis and planes and bullshit mm. and i know plenty of really wealthy people yeah that are fucking miserable miserable and they come to me for my advice and i'm like bro i'm not even even close to your tax bracket and you're asking me for <laughs> asking advice me for because you see that i'm a, I'm a happy person I'm, I'm a what i consider a successful person now i'm human and there's a lot of times where yeah i'll, I'll go i'll get back into my fields right and i'll start going down that damn rabbit hole of feeling like a loser again I, there's I, it's constant work sure. you know what i'm saying and a lot of times i'm i'm so goddamn happy with who i am and what i'm doing in life it's not till someone asks me like well why aren't you doing this or you know you could pay way, make way more money if you did this i'm like and then i'll allow myself just like any other human yeah. to be like oh it's right man i'm being a loser and then i'm like i have to like take a deep breath and again outside looking and be like yo i was plenty fucking happy right i viewed myself as a success mm-hmm. and i let some other person come in and, and be like yo well you're not successful enough who the fuck are you to tell me what what success is for me mind right. your own fucking right. business yeah and what i've noticed is that a lot of times people that will come in and tell you like you should do this you should do that to be successful it's because they're not happy right they don't view themselves as successful, right. so they want you to jump on that bandwagon with them because, like they say, misery loves company. And what happens if you fail at what they predicted to be a success? 100%. Then they validate the fact that they failed at it. Right. But here's oh. the thing, too. Like, I, I had a meal prep company, and we closed our doors, and most people would view that as a, as a failure. Right. I fucking loved it. I mean, it was stressful. You're right. right. But, man, I'll tell you, some of my best memories yeah. was opening up a meal prep company hiring people growing it having a business partner shout out to chris politica and eric thompson randy the chef um craig emmons like man dude like that was awesome and i've opened up a business and closed it on our own terms sure which is like 99 percent of the world won't open up a business correct right yeah and there's nothing wrong with that they're not built like that but that's an experience that only i get to that's success to me and all that knowledge you learned you use here at your gym now Mm mm-hmm so yeah, it sounds, like in, a, in life. It sounds like a win to me. It's a it's a huge W, and I don't think that success should be like again. I, I can't stress this enough. Like success shouldn't be quantified yeah. by your bank account. Yeah. Now, do I think that it's important to be financially successful and stable? One hundred percent. I I ain't never met anybody who has no fucking money that's like oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. They'll sit there and say that for a little while. Right. But Simon. then, but then that the, the the you know the the act kind of wears off, and then they go back into that negative shit. Simon Simon Sinek says that cash money is gas to a car. Mm-hmm. You have your car, you want to get somewhere, you want to go places, you need gas, and that's all money is in life. Yep, is just a resource for you to travel somewhere. So maybe I'm a millionaire now because all I really want to do is go to Guatemala and help the people there. But if I don't have the cash. It's going to be more difficult. Right. Not impossible. Just more difficult. Just like if I have a car, it's just more difficult to get somewhere right. without having a gas. Hey, man, like one of the one of the biggest things I've taken from some of the books and the, some of the people I've, I've worked with and mentors is like life's not about resources. Yeah. It's resourcefulness. Yeah. And and from growing up in my in my area, 
it was like, again, it was that negative mindset of like, you know, I, oh, well, I don't have this. So I'm not privileged, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I had to just go out and find those resources, whether it be mentors, whether it be investors, whether it be just asking for advice. Yeah. You know, I had to go find them. Instead of sitting around bitching about, well, I don't have this and I don't have that because I wasn't born in this area code or to these right. rich parents. Like, I hear that, but fuck all that because too many people, they rely on that excuse too much. And it's unfortunate that we don't have, in my opinion, enough outspoken people that like talk about shit like that. Right. Like stop complaining about the circumstances you were given mm-hmm. because in my opinion and what I've seen in my life is a lot of like my, my, my what people would consider my disadvantages Man, they, they, they created my, my the biggest strengths. Yeah. You're born into a if you're born with nothing, you know what it's like to have nothing. Yeah. You gotta work your ass off. You know what it's like to work. Yeah, so then you appreciate stuff more. Where Easy. people who are born with a lot of stuff, whether it be like wealthy parents or whatever, or you know, who knows, they don't know what that's like. Yeah. That's a disadvantage yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Like they may have more opportunities per se, air right. quotes, or you know, like I, I, like me growing up where I was, it taught me how to grind. It taught me how to hustle. It taught me how to build relationships with people because I couldn't afford to lose those relationships. Mm. Where most people who might be born with a lot of stuff, you know, they don't know what it's like yeah. to work like that. So then when real life hits them, they Whoa. don't. Those so their yeah. So their advantages a lot of times turn into disadvantages. Disadvantages. Yeah. And Seneca Seneca says he pities the person that's never faced adversity because they never know who they would have been. Yeah. And you see rich people, like when their kids get everything, it's like they go up and grow up in life. Their dad hustled their whole life, made seven businesses, and then rich kids like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right, 100%. I've never had adversity in my life. Right, 100%. Sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, that that's just like the biggest thing is I hope that the audience today can kind of take and hopefully this will reach at least one person. I don't give a fuck if, if there's a lot of people listening or just it just reaches one person that might be feeling down about themselves or whatever that don't let society don't let social media don't let anyone else define what success yes, is you, right? other than what you deem is yeah. successful it's almost like it's more of an emotion than it is a result 100 it's a, it's a mindset yeah like if you make fifty thousand dollars a year and you're for you that's successful because you have an impact on the world mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you have a great work-life balance like that's that's success man yeah don't feel bad about it if you make five million dollars a year and you're uh, creating uh, having a, a huge impact on the world mm-hmm. and you have a great work-life balance and that the perspective is like maybe helping people or doing what you want to do and you're totally happy that's success right no matter what tax bracket you're in no matter what car you drive no matter what type of house you live in like define success for yourself right and do your absolute best to not let anyone or anything else dictate what that looks like for you. Yeah. I'm always a fan of progression, not perfection. And now this also, I don't want people to take this as like, well, I make $50,000 a year and I'm just going to stay there forever mm-hmm. and I'm going to act like I'm happy. No, if you're legitimately happy at $50,000 a year sure. and, and, and you have a great life and you feel like you're, you're contributing to this world hey man stay there i don't care yeah you maybe get less overheads now you have i mean if you make fifty thousand a year and you have thirty thousand in bills and then next year you only have twenty five thousand in bills yeah i mean you just made five grand right and so that, that that would be my biggest thing today man is like looking at my my journey and i've and i've fallen into those kind of pitfalls and those traps of like 
again, the social media or what is everybody else doing? And I've constantly come back to like when I just take a deep breath and I'm able to stop getting so goddamn tunnel vision on stuff and able to see the big pictures. Like I'm training 30 clients. I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a, I'm a somewhat highly sought after trainer, especially here in central Phoenix. Um, have a great clientele, have great, amazing clients, amazing trainers around me. Yeah. So you went from three, now you're at 30. 30, yeah. You went from paying somebody rent to being the person that takes the rent. Yeah. So what, what, how did you talk about that gap or like the time? Yeah, so I, I, I started, when I, when I first started, like I said, I was hustling and once I changed my mindset, I just started seeing my clientele just jump off and I was gaining referral after referral and kind of making a name for myself and I was able to um, branch out as well and start to talk to more people I grew my clientele to the point where like I needed someone else to work with me mm-hmm. and then I decided to open up a meal prep company yeah. so we'll kind of go back and I opened up a meal prep company it was called Macro's Edge I ran, we ran that for close to two years um, but again even though I loved Macro's Edge I did it for the wrong reasons I did it to try to become wealthy try to try to get some stacks you know what yeah. I mean I don't even really like food I'm not a huge foodie um, uh, anyone who knows uh, Miyamoto Musashi you know, he's one of my favorite philosophers, Japanese Ronin, and he talks about like, um, you know, sometimes I, I look at how Americans eat and we want everything that tastes so great, yeah. and then we're all obese. Right. I like real plain, real basic yeah. food because food for me is fuel. So when I had the food prep company, I wasn't passionate enough about it because I was like, man, we're making all this like super good food, but honestly, like, just eat that chicken and brown rice. Yeah, exactly, right. Um, so we closed it down. And then I went back to full-time training and full-time training, I got back to my passion. And again, when I opened up Macro's Edge, it was because I wanted to become wealthy. I wanted to have another business, even though I really, I'm really not a foodie, you know, I don't really like food all that much. And, um, I opened it thinking that I'm going to be successful now because I'm at personal training clients and this other side business has providing a secondary source of income and all that. But I just wasn't, I wasn't, I kept trying to convince myself it was because I was helping people, but it really wasn't, you know what I mean? Close that down, went back to full-time training um, and just continue to blow up my, my clientele. I've always been a high volume trainer. I love training a lot of people. Uh, brought another trainer up under me. I was able to feed him clients and my secondary source of income was taking a small percentage of each training session. Yeah. So I was super happy, man. I was right. like 2017, 2018 were the best years of my life because I got back to my passion. And then not only was I helping clients, I was helping this other trainer get clients so he, I see his financial game going up I see that he's able to provide a, a living for his family and stuff so I was like super stoked um, and then I was approached with the idea of opening up a gym and at first I was like hell no nah. my, my business partner Sam Wright shout out to Sam he was like let's open up a gym I said hell no nah, because gyms don't make enough money and I don't want to turn my passion right into so break that down for people like what do you mean by gyms don't make a lot of money Why so a lot of times I mean if you have personal training or you have open gym memberships overheads on buildings can be pretty high so profit margins for gyms themselves are not always super profitable so that's why we went went with the the group uh training not to mention like i mean i see you guys buy some of these new equipment like that stuff's yeah. Thousands and thousands, yeah i mean my thing is sometimes like buy nice or buy twice and i know sometimes you got the bootstrap stuff and you might have to get a you know gently used or equipment that's not the prettiest at first while you hustle and you better make sure your service is on point then yeah. so that you can reinvest and get some some new equipment and right. that's what i've kind of done uh and with this equipment knowing the right people and yeah. and knowing people that could get us great deals on great equipment that's what we had to do again yeah. it's not about resources it's about resourcefulness yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it could be extremely expensive right. to, to. So that's why you see like these small gyms open up and then they're not here no more. Yeah, man. I mean, just like with anything, I think like what is it, like ninety something percent of businesses oh, yeah. close within the first two years, yeah. and you know, with 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 training and gyms, you have to really be in it because you love it. Yeah. Because very rarely is a gym gonna make you a lot of money. Now I understand there's these franchises, and I won't name names. Um, you know, <laughs> I won't name names, but there's a lot of these group fitness places that they will make a lot of money because they're good money makers. Mm-hmm. And from a kind of an exercise standpoint, for me, I think a lot of times they're, they're just more detrimental, more injury prone. Yeah. But they're great money makers. But they're not really designed for anybody. But that's why you can kind of justify the 100 to 149 dollar. Uh, memberships each month but you can grow those memberships exponentially and keep your overhead right where it's supposed to be at right so that's why a lot of these group fitness places can make a lot of money but for me my own personal view is a lot of times the product and the service is like sub part of what i want right which you're, you know which, which is providing goals. yeah which is providing like really hands-on one-on-one or small group training where you can really actually truly help someone right. and the people that love group fitness there's no knock to them right. it's if it's it's habitual for them they can get to it i'm all about that as well um but yeah man so you met sam right where how'd you meet him i started training his uh i started training his wife oh, okay. and i met his wife because i reached out to a, a really popular hairstylist i said hey man you need help with uh, some of your online uh programming uh, as far as like workouts so i was like i'll be your online coach but can you do me a favor? Can you um, shout me out on your social media a couple yeah. times a week? You know, that was, again, I don't, I didn't have a marketing budget. So right. I had a, I'm like, okay, it's a $99 investment, you know, mm-hmm. to work with me on online to build out your program is $99 a month. Well, I reached out to him and he was like, cool. Within a week, I got Lynette right. And she signed up with me three times a week. Oh, I, I started training her and she used to be like an Orange Theory fitness member. And she was like, wow, like the amount of detail that I brought to her program and her training. Yeah. She was like, my husband really needs to come see him. Yeah. So he comes in and he sees me. He has his guard up and he, I think he thinks he knows everything. Yeah. I mean, and he's a big dude. Yeah, he has some, he has some big arms. Yeah, he does. And it's because he benches incorrectly. <laughs> um, <laughs> too much tricep. <laughs> yeah, too much tricep, man. Flat backing all day. So I started training Sam, and I think he realized, like, man, I, this kid has a lot of attention to detail in his training, and I gave a fuck. Like, yeah. my, number one thing I think people when they. When they see me train, I give a fuck. Yeah, I don't like to be on my phone. I don't even like other trainers talking to me during my training sessions because yeah. I'm so zoned into my clients getting their job done. So then I start talking business with Sam. I start talking ideas and philosophies and my outlook on life. And I think he realized like this dude ain't some just dumb some dumb gym bro that thinks about protein shakes and how ripped he is. Yeah, I got I'm deeper than that. You know what I mean? Right. I play the gym bro shit up so that people might you know underestimate me. Until they catch me in a real conversation, they realize like, oh wow, like he's a lot deeper yeah. and a lot more intelligent than he might lead on sometimes. Because yeah. you know, people judge all the time. All the time. So he starts talking to me about a gym, and I told him, look, like again, I don't want my passion to turn into something I hate just due to the amount of money that it goes mm-hmm. into it. So we started the group fitness thing because group fitness classes, but we brought a different. I feel as though we brought a different, where we a different uh, aspect of group fitness, where we would tell clients from the jump like. You don't need a run and gun. I want you running and gunning at like month number three and a month number four. Right. But when you first start with us, we really want to make sure your form and technique. Yeah, like I don't want you getting hurt. Yeah. And I don't want to always have to do modifications because this hurts or that hurts because you were trying to go too fast. Right. So that's a concept that we started to really truly be bringing a personal training feel to group fitness because right. I don't I don't care what you say. Sorry, I will I will name names. F forty five, Orange Theory Fitness, Burn It, Build It. A lot of these group fitness places. 
it's just that it's just a group fitness place form and technique kind of goes out the window yeah it's just more less turn and burn and people think that getting sweaty and things burning equals results and a lot of times that's just not the yeah. case so now we're here we decided to open up the gym we opened up the gym man opening up a gym can be a lot of work right uh it was a huge eye-opener to see the amount of uh um zoning for buildings permits did you, you guys had that thing the other day with the, the sprinklers or something yeah we had to put in sprinklers it's, it's expensive not even building. It's not even our that. building yes yeah, so i'm not going to get into details with that but you know again another learning experience for me right. it's success is like i'm gaining all this knowledge right. going oh man like could could have would have should have done this better but i know i know better for next 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 one if i open up another facility you know and then you open during covid yeah so we're open for like a year or so and then and then uh, the virus happens and it's like lockdown we're opened up as lockdown and it was just trying to doing our best to um just doing our absolute best to uh what's we're at the gym right now go ahead Oh, oh, sorry. See you later, Ed. You're good, man. Um, so yeah, we just had a real podcast. Yeah, things happen at the gym right now. We just had to adapt, and and we went more towards just a personal training studio. We do have some open gym memberships, um, but not a lot, and just really became an incubator gym through what's happened, so that people can come in, and we can we can we are now doing our best to help out other trainers, so that they can help out. Once again, it's all for me. It's about helping and just seeing people grow. That's my definition of success. So when I see trainers flourishing and gaining more clients man mm-hmm. i'm happy as all hell right i don't care if i don't see a dollar from from them at right. all other than they got to pay their rent and stuff like that but like if i'm not getting residuals from them or anything like that like i'm still happy i'm still yeah. stoked to see them growing and if i can offer some mentorship to some of them and they take that and it benefits them, benefits them. Yeah. great you know a wise man learns from the mistakes of, uh, a wise man learns from the mistakes of others any fool can learn his own lesson so i tell all these new cats i'm like look i'll tell you all the dumb shit that i did that right. did not work put that in your pocket and use put it. that in your pocket hopefully you don't use it so you don't do the same right. thing and you can speed up your learning curve um yeah failure is Failure is success and progress. I think that's the quote I heard. From okay, this. I like that. So, um, and earlier you mentioned about instead of perfection, like progression. Mm-hmm. You know, read a quote too. It was like, without continued growth and progress, things like improvement, achievement, and success like have zero meaning. Yeah, one hundred percent. What do you like? And when you go from three clients to thirty clients, like, what was that slow daily? progress man it was as far as like getting clients a lot of it was referral based like just providing superior service and really like i said truly giving a fuck about my clients i think went went a long way with them so they want to tell their friends and then obviously though man results true results they do take time yeah and personal training so you have to have mad patience mad patience bro i was still i was still hustling i was still like knocking doors during some of those years just to provide more income yeah um and then as i grew i started to see my book of business like go from like you know 8 a.m 9 a.m 10 a.m and then i didn't have any clients till like three four five right. and then it was 8 a.m 9 a.m 10 a.m oh shit i got 11 a.m right. and then it was maybe three four five yeah and then all of a sudden it was like 7 a.m 8 a.m 9 a.m and i'm looking at my book and i remember telling my wife one day i had like six clients in a row it was the first time i'd ever done it and i was like babe babe like I got six clients, bro, in a row. 
So it was an achievement of like, man, I'm, each morning I'm waking up and I'm helping more and more and more people. And then it did get overwhelming because right. then I was like, shit, I ain't got no time for myself. I remember there was one time I went 18 days without working out because I was just booked with clients. Booked, yeah. But I loved it. Without looking in the mirror and be like, yo, I'm look, I'm starting to look a little scrawny. I'm feeling a little weak. <laughs> um, and so, again, learning, progression and stuff. Yeah. I started talking to some of my mentors and they were like, well, dude, you got to start learning, looking at yourself as a business. Mm-hmm. You got to bring on employees. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. So guess what? I said, hey, uh, Josiah Garcia, shout out to Josiah. Brought him. I said, hey, man, like, if you're not getting clients, I, I think I can help you build clients under my mm-hmm. brand. He was, he was, he was stoked about it taught him some ways i actually had to fire him before and then rehire him because he wasn't providing the level of service that was up to my standards right you know if i'm gonna vouch for someone you better come through and guess what it was a great learning thing for him of being like man i had this opportunity and it got taken away due to my lack of effort and guess what he's like i don't want he grew he became successful and then i was feeding clients to him what are your thoughts on like shortcuts and the way society looks at like you know Throw water on something and there it is. You got a you got a growth on it. Instant gratification always has negative long term repercussions yeah. on anything you do. If you lie, the truth eventually is gonna come out. Right. Uh, if you go on a crash diet, you lose fifteen pounds. As soon as you get off that crash diet, you're asking to gain twenty pounds. Yeah. So anything that anything that takes a certain amount of success is always gonna take time. Yeah. Because again, throughout that, the I don't want to sound cheesy or anything, but like the journey is really what the successful part is. It's the learning, it's the growing, it's the experiences that you put in your bank, your bank account, your checking account of memories and growth that is the ultimate success. Right. So from three to 30, how many years was that? Oh uh, man, over 10 years. And again, in 2014, I had 30 active clients and right. I cut that by 50% to give me time so I can open up Macro's Macro Edge. You know, I, I consciously cut out 50% of my, my clientele. Right. And then I got kicked out of a gym because they thought I was opening up a gym when I was really just opening up a, uh, a, food, prep. a food prep company. My, they kicked me out five days before my wedding. So, again, that was a learning thing. I had to learn to find another fucking gym. Yeah. I had to learn to adapt and have my clients follow me there. You know what I'm saying? It was a real scary time. But that all made me what I consider successful now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then again, I, I cut my clientele in half and then, so 2000 and by 2014, I had from, from 2000 and like 12 ish to 2014, 15 ish. I went from three clients to like 30, Yeah. built that shit up and then got rid of half of it consciously to go make time for another business and then got back after it at the, you know, 2016 full time again. And then 2016, I think I had like. 12 or 13 clients and then by the end of 2018 i had another 31 active clients and yeah. i've kind of been around the 26 to 30 mark at all times yeah um i myself do a lot of partner training uh what i like to do is bring someone on one-on-one teach them their skills and then move them on to partner training i just really enjoy that it's kind of a competitive vibe so like drop a little more details so you yeah so so let's say let's say i charge 75 bucks an hour to work with me right Obviously, it's a higher price point, um, but then it, like, I get their skills under them for their first couple months, and I'll ask them like, "Hey, you know, you can continue to pay seventy-five bucks an hour, or you can do partner rate, which there's obviously a price break because now they're sharing the hour with another more advanced client of mine." But it's been awesome because I've been able to build. I call them my quarantine cohort. Shout out to the cohorts. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's groups that I run where I have like three or four people. 
and we're running more of like a power building style um, workout program, but everyone feeds and vibes off of each other. And because I used would work with them one on one in the beginning, their skills, their form and technique is pretty precise. And I have to make minor adjustments sometimes sure. and more just like, like kind of that accountability of like, hey, your ankle might be buckling. Remember this cue as yeah. opposed to like a lot of one on one. But I still have my one on one clients. There's still clients that prefer one on one. But the vast majority of my clients have graduated from one on one. They learn their skills and then now they don't mind sharing the hour with someone, which for me it allows me to have more of a volume base. That's why I have 30 clients. For anyone that's like, how does a guy have 30 clients? If they're doing two times a week, is he training 60 hours a week? Like, nah, a lot of my hours have. Three, four hours, you probably have clients that want to train four days a week. Right, nah, usually I keep them to three. There's very there's very few people. Four fills up quick. Yeah. That fill up, there's only a certain amount of hours a day. So you've been here now at the Happy Factory. How many years? So we took over the lease in 2018, but we were we were not able to open till like midway through 2019. Yeah. So it was rough, man. It was it was a lot of red tape. Who did you start that off with? Um, who who did I start it off? Yeah, like who were the original uh, trainers? Uh, myself and Roxanne Delgado, who's uh, my business partner as well. Um, and honestly, man, those are the we're the two OGs. Yeah. You know, in the in the path of this. You're always going to lose people along your path because they're going to have their own paths. So we started out with myself and Roxanne. We're the two OGs of this. And then we had Josiah Garcia, Mark. I can't remember Mark's name. I apologize, Mark. Um, a front desk girl named Trisha. Another front desk girl named Sydney, which is Sam's daughter. Oh, yeah. So that was the original crew. And we've gone through diff- different crews, other coaches. We had some really awesome coaches that came in here. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is why we don't have some, some of them is is the shutdowns man the pandemic made it really hard and people had to make decisions based on their careers and what they felt was the most successful route and so that's why we don't have some of them now yeah so what about two years five years from now what are you thinking two years five years from now man uh so i got into this gym thing with the goal of you know we were gonna do our best to like make these super popular and franchise them and i i didn't Again, man, I learned from my, I had to learn from my own shit sometimes. And I think where I messed up at with this, well, not messed up, but just learned, right? Is again, the, the, the goal was to franchise these, make a shit ton of money yeah. so that I could just go open up my own slice of heaven, which I call my own slice of heaven. My, my ultimate goal is to have like a 1500 to 2000 square feet facility basically to myself or maybe a couple other trainers. And we just bang results out like crazy. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's personal training to the highest degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so two to five years from now, will is my goal to have a bunch of happy factories? Absolutely not. My goal is to be able to provide this place to make sure that this place can hold its own, where it doesn't need me per se, mm-hmm. and it can still thrive and be successful. And then I plan on moving on to open up my own facility of my own. Uh, I'm currently... Uh, getting my LLC for Katana personal training. Katana. I think the Katana sword and the art and the creation of Katana is very, in my opinion, is very metaphorical to someone's journey in fitness and health and yeah. wellness um, and, and the amount of discipline and consistency that you need to create a beautiful Katana sword is like someone's health to me. So um, my goal two to five years is to have a, a super successful uh katana personal training yeah. uh, that, that's my goal man and it's just simply my own baby i don't really want to have 
business partners or investors for this project. I really want it to be mine. I think sure. in part of my growth of being successful is understanding that the reason why I left corporate America is because that's just how I am. Yeah. I like to do things my way and to have my... Now, I don't want to come off as controlling because there's a lot of times I ask other people for advice. Right. Right. Leo Okoki from... Uh, Chrysler. They said, "How did you become so successful?" It's like simple. I hired a bunch of uh, smart people who are smarter than me. People that are smarter than me. I think Steve Jobs or somebody said the same thing to like that. Yeah. And so at Katana, I would love to have other coaches that are smarter than me, right? Making me get better at my skills. Right. Um, so that's that's what I envision yeah. for the next two to five years for sure. That's tight. Yeah, I always thought opening a gym would be dope. Like you just walk out and then just your gym. Yeah. Obviously. And honestly, like I don't even want a gym gym, but I would love like for me. I don't need big fancy shit. I don't really like big fancy shit. Yeah. So if I had a 2,000 square foot facility that I have my clients, maybe two other trainers, but allowing all my clients to still come in and work out whenever yeah. the fuck they want, like that's, that's yeah, to me, so, that's dope. It's like, hey, I'm working with Bill Konigsberg and I got, you know, uh, Bob Bukema and Ken Mosesian busting out their workouts when they're not even with me. Right. And they can just come in whenever they want. Like that, to me, bro, that is, uh, that's my definition of, my success in the fitness business right. of it that's what i'm going to do my best to provide so you had this client who knew nothing works out with you goes through individual mm -hmm. from individual hits up your group sessions for your twice a week three people twice a week and then now the same person is out here doing their own programs mm -hmm. knocking back four or five days a week with no trainer yep and you look at that and be like that success to me hell yeah that i made that person go from nothing to do yeah now they can do it all on their own yep that 100 percent. that's the J. that takes time it takes right? time it takes dedication. discipline it takes consistency i fucking hate the word motivation because motivation yeah. is this is how i describe motivation it don't mean to cut you off how many people are motivated before they watch the movie rocky how many people are motivated after they watch people rocky Right. Motivation is 100% submissive to something else. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have it in your pocket. You have to actually have to do something, then motivation will happen. Yeah. Discipline will slap the shit out of motivation. 100%, man. Like, again, it's, it's like when I, I, I used to use motivation so much, like, yeah. oh, I'd be, you know, I hear the right song and yeah. I'd be like, oh, man, I, I'm jamming out to this song. Yeah. Uh, I remember like now Ace Hood. Song, Ace Hood. your master, bro. Yeah, Ace Hood was like my, my favorite rapper. Yeah. I'll listen to his songs. I'll get so hyped about how I'm going to become rich and successful. And then as soon as the song was done, I had this dopamine hit. And then it was like, I didn't do a goddamn thing <laughs> after that song. And I was like, well, I'm blaming the song because I don't, I don't have the same dopamine hit. Yeah. And again, instant gratification has negative long-term repercussions. Yeah. So I'd get these quick dopamine hits and I'd have all these ideas. Yeah. But dude, all a, all a goal really is, is just a dream with a fucking plan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I didn't create no plan. So it was all this like dopamine hit motivation stuff. And uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I use motivation. Um, like just like you would use a screwdriver to take a screw out. Mm -hmm. Like it's got its point in place. I mm -hmm. use it as tool. Everything's tools for me. So if I know like, man, I'm struggling with my discipline today, I'm going to be like, oh. What I know that I can use as a motivation to get me going, mm. I'm not using it as my sole entity. Yeah, it's just something to start the ball rolling. I see that. And then I'm gonna push it to the side, and I'm gonna use everything else I have, like fortitude and willpower and stuff. I like that. To make you on. So I use everything. I'm like, if that motivation is a tool, put it in your pocket, pull that thing. Out. I always, I always say, put it in your. Like, I just don't like where people rely on it. You, you know what I mean? Rely on it, dude. You like I'm not, I'm not successful because I wasn't able to get motivated. Yeah, it's I can like, find you on your couch right now if you rely on motivation. Yeah, so exactly. I know where you are. Yep. I know you are. So nice. What else you got going on, dude? 
Um, honestly, like I, I, I've had to take a step back and uh, I got so busy with work uh, that right now I'm really focusing on becoming a more involved dad. Yeah. Like my kids are in sports and my, my son and my daughter, they be doing jujitsu, which is something I can't help out with because I suck at jujitsu still. Um, but you know, being involved with like teaching my daughter how to throw a ball, softball, my son, getting him ready for football, teaching him to play soccer. Um, that's more my, my definition of success right now as well is I got all these clients. I've taken Mondays completely off of training clients. So I only train four days a week. So I tell my clients, you get it in Tuesday through Friday. Cause that's where I got to set my, my, my mm-hmm. thing so I can bust out a lot of the admin work and being able to do a podcast like this on Mondays, wake, up with, Jacob on wake up with Jacob on Saturdays. But more importantly, like is knowing that my kids aren't going to be kids forever. Yeah. And so right now I'm just really taking in and, and enjoying consciously taking pride in being a dad yeah, right now. Yeah. So that's what I got going on right now is like signing up for being coaches for them or just coaching with them showing up to their games. Yeah. Just gotta show up. Yeah, just show up, man. Show up, be supportive. Um, offer advice where you can, and learn when to shut the fuck up because yeah. you don't know. What I don't know what I'm talking about. Certain things, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent. So you know, I, I feel like di- different things. Like I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at with training. I'll continue to always progress, but I don't always need to have like so much focus on that. Mm. I'm always progressing with my skills and looking up new stuff, but I don't always need to have this constant push to get more clients for myself. Right. And now it's being able to understand, okay, I got these clients, we have these contracts, we have these agreements, so I'm protecting myself there. So now I can go over and focus a little bit more energy on my kids and my wife too. Like my wife, uh, you know, looking for marriage counseling and stuff like that, not because we have troubles, but just because Marriage is constant work too, bro. 100%. I've been with my wife since I've been with my wife since eighth grade, yeah. junior high, and in marriage, kids, man, it, it, I want to be really good and successful with everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, learning and, and going to marriage counseling and talking with people about how we can better our sure. communication and how we can understand each other better. There's nothing fucking wrong with that nothing whatsoever. Always the, the biggest example I have for anything is like. When Michael Jordan played basketball, he still had a coach. 100%. Still had a coach. Uh, he's the greatest of all time. Still had a coach. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I'll, I've had clients now for that have rocked with me for like three or four years. And people are like, why are you still training with him? It's like, well, because they, they want to continually be better. If you want to continue to grow. <laughs> like, yeah, if, if, if you think that we're doing the same shit we did three years ago, we're not. They're yeah. training harder. They're training. They're, yeah. they're stronger. Like, they're going to continue to progress. And this become part of their habits. Become part of their, their ritual of their success so why is someone going to stop training with me simply because of the timeline yeah so yeah if you stop life continues moving 100 percent. stop you got to realize you just started going negative yeah so for all those who might be listening thinking about getting a trainer stop thinking about getting a trainer for a couple months it's so stupid yeah like it doesn't mean that you have to be someone's client for two or three years if that's but if that's what it it is and that's part of like making you successful fucking do it yeah it's like People are like, oh, I take my vitamins every single day. Well, what, are you going to stop at the age of this because, oh, I've taken them for 30 years, so I'm going to stop taking them now. Yeah. No. Like, oh, I, I have four kids. I, I take care of one. Right. You got to take care of all four of yourself. <laughs> exactly. Well, you do all the things. Yep. You got to do all the things. 100%. So if you, had a, you have a person that wants to start fitness, they can't train with you, what would you put your advice to them? I would say buy books, man. Invest in their health. Mm-hmm. 
don't necessarily always look at YouTube, man, because YouTube is a clusterfuck. Yeah, anybody can be on there. I got uh, some oh, YouTube videos. God, man. Shout I out to my see. boy V Shreds. Hopefully, I don't get sued for this one, but fuck Vince from V Shreds, man. He puts out the worst content ever. <laughs> and there's a lot of these people that are just full of scams, man. Yeah. I would say go buy a book, like a peer reviewed book. Uh, or a really not no no fatty diet style books about nutrition. That's mm -hmm. probably where the first and foremost they should start off with is their nutrition. Yeah. Um, and understanding what a caloric deficit is, understanding what calories are, understanding what your macronutrients are. Yeah. Just if you can't afford a trainer and you only got a damn fifty dollar a month budget, go get a book. Yeah. Read the shit out of it. Understand your nutrition. Uh, and then after that, take a look at your actual budget. How much are you actually spending on shit that yeah, doesn't? That caramel lattes. Yeah, like, okay, you want to? You're you're overweight. You, you have high blood pressure, potential diet. You're pre-diabetic. All these things. Now let's take an audit of all the things that you're buying every single fucking month that are detrimental to your health. And if I say, hey man, to work with me, it's six hundred dollars a month. I guarantee you that most people spend well over six hundred six hundred dollars a month on stuff that is negative for their health right but they just use it as a coping mechanism right. and i get it i'm not gonna say hey you have to start at 600 bucks a month with me if your budget is only 300 i'm gonna give you 300 worth of value but every single one of those dollars at 300 a month yeah i'm gonna dedicate the shit out of my energy to you because i want you to get your goals because I, I i guarantee you if i get you uh body fat off you're stronger right. more than likely you're gonna become more successful because yeah. success breeds success I mean, I think it's uh, Sean Aker. He said, happy people are 30% more productive over neutral and negative people. So just in general, if you are just happier at one item, you're going to be happier at all your items. It's, it's cool, man. When I, when I decide to write my book, I'll talk about the different clients I've had mm -hmm. who started working with me at first. And they made X amount of money and they were unhappy with their careers. Yeah. And then after working with me for a year or two all of a sudden, bam, they got their own business, they're making more money than ever, or they said, fuck this job, they got another job and they're making more money and they're yeah. happier because they actually invested in themselves. Personal training isn't just about reps and sets and yeah. nutrition. It, there's mentoring, there's counseling. I'm not a therapist by any means, but sometimes I fucking feel like one. <laughs> but when people invest in themselves, they don't realize like how yeah. much they'll actually get out of it. Right. They just see a bill sometimes. So anyone who's thinking about getting in fitness, Stop looking at, stop looking at fitness or a nutrition coach as a bill. It's a fucking investment. Yeah. And and then apply everything that your coach tells you as long as it feels right. Because I will tell you, there's some shitty coaches out here, and if it doesn't feel right, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. And if you have a coach that gets mad at you for asking a question, fire that motherfucker and hire me. Hire me. Because I'll answer those questions, man. If I don't know, I'll tell you. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not Google. Right. And I, I have a certain skill set. Right. And if, even if I have to like um, uh, refer out, there's plenty of times I've, I'm like, hey, I don't know how to work with this. I'm gonna send you to this awesome physical therapist I know. Yeah. Fucking yeah. ego, man. I'm trying to get people results. If, even if that means it doesn't come yeah. from me, yeah. or I can't, I can't be of service. My being of service means I pointed them in the right direction right. to someone. That was my way to help that person. One hundred percent. You don't help everybody the same exact yeah. way. Sometimes you help somebody by saying the train tracks are that way. Hell yeah. Hell, there's been people that are coming to the door like, I want this, I want this. I'm like, hey, we're not the gym for you. Yeah. Like, there's an Orange Theory right over here on 7th Street in Glendale. Burn it, build it. It's like right there, man. Tell them I sent you. 
Right. Because I'm not I'm not worried about that. I want they told me what their what their goals were and it didn't align with what we got going on here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fake the funk and be like, Oh yeah, let's let's contour our shit to you. I got a store full of green shirts, but I want a blue one. Well I'm gonna send you the blue shirt store. I do green shirts, bro. One hundred percent. So you have somebody who's uh ready to start their own small business. Oof man. Um that there's a again, resourcefulness, not resources. Yeah. Um, if you're going to bootstrap it, you're going to open it up. Let's say a really, um, when I say low budget, I just literally mean that like a lower budget, you can't afford that much and you don't want to take on investors or, um, like let's say a small business loan, Mm -hmm. make sure your service is top fucking notch, like top notch. If you ain't going to have the prettiest shit, give everything you have every session, whether it be personal training whatever that is give top-notch service and build relationships with your clients that's the biggest thing man business is people and people yeah. are the business mm-hmm. and when you treat people like they actually are they're a human being yeah it's so much different than when you just look at them as how much money they're bringing in yeah you know what i'm saying yeah 100 um that's what I did for a living. so service 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 has to be and you have to genuinely want to have your service so if you're gonna open up a business with a sole purpose of like making money it might work for some people, but again, those are usually the people that make a lot of money and they're miserable as fuck. Yeah. Um, believe in what you're gonna sell or what service you're gonna provide and love to do it. Really love to do it. And um, again, though, if you gotta go take out a small business loan, you know, really take a look at what your big picture is and see what you can do. If you need to take on investors, like you said, um, you know, money is is just a tool. Just a tool. And I think a lot of people don't. You know, sometimes taking on investors has pros and cons, but everything has pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So if you got to talk to some investors and, and get that capital up because you truly believe in what you're going to bring to the table, yeah, don't be afraid to take that risk. Uh, and I mean, I'll, not I'll, taking a risk is taking a risk. Dude, not taking a risk, man. I don't want to, like, I want to, I always tell people, like, if I get to 75, everything else after that's borrowed time. Right. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm gonna probably be on high doses of testosterone at like 76 years old, probably steroided up, and live like a fucking lion on my way out. I want to go out on E. I want to go out on E. Uh, yeah, really, real nothing talk. Left. Like nothing left. I don't want to have regrets of I should have done this. I think a lot of people look at my life like, man, Jake's a crazy bastard, mm-hmm. and it's not like he has a whole mountain of wealth yet yet yeah. to show for. But damn. It's like, well, I didn't, because I didn't care. Like, I was like, this is my book of life. If people read my book, I hope it's an exciting one. I don't want people to be like, man, Jake's life, boring ass book. I want people to be like, man, that was some cool shit. Page turner. Yeah. Like, man, I can't wait till the next chapter. And hopefully uh, the chapter, the last chapter, like this guy's still going. Like he's 80 years old and he died like riding a fucking bull. Riding a bull. You know what I mean? He fell off, cracked his old ass neck um, (laughs) because he was like, yo, riding a bull has always been a, yeah it was on my list and i didn't get to it the 79 years previously and so that's that's just the way i i look at life and that's my again it goes back to the definition of success what's yours you know what what is yours yeah i mean i think that's a big thing that confuses people a lot is it's not because they think that is what success is because they don't have their own identity 100 and they don't know what they want so now they're being mastered by what people are showing them. I I couldn't have said that better yeah. myself. And I think that's the big big thing for me as well. It's like, I mean, I do coaching, you know, mindset coaching, uh, physical training coaching. And the number one conversation I'll get into people and be like, they don't know what they want to do. And I'm like, do you know who you are though? Like, you just been built. I was, 
the first 15 years of my life, I used to tell people, I'm going to be an actor when I'm 50 because I've been mimicking people since I was 10. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I want to be. I'm just going to do what John's been doing. Yeah. And then, then you realize, oh, that's none of what I wanted. Right. <laughs> I actually want to be the person that is at the Barnes & Noble sitting inside the aisles reading a book off the freaking shelf. I mean, that's actually dope to me. That's my stuff right there. And then you figure that out, and then everything just becomes easier. 100%. Just boom. Easy money. And I know, like, you know, people say, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't care what people think about me. Like, a lot of people still do, and I still do, too. There's still times still I find my... Like, yeah. It, it, no one's perfect, but it, that truly, like, the success and the bliss is, like, when you really just... You're so content and so happy with what the fuck you have going on yeah. and where you're going and how you're yeah. growing. That Man, that, that is success. And a lot of times, man, the thing about it is money is a byproduct of right. that. right. When you're making more people happy, when you're providing more services, when you're providing better products or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden you look at your bank accounts going, God, like, oh shit. Money just follows that stuff. Yes. It's just, it's just, you just provided more service. So therefore the income came. And again, this is not a podcast to be like, well, you should try to make more money. Fuck that. I love capitalism. Okay. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I mean, it's a tool. (laughs) I mean, you're helping more people, but you had to get the money to get the the gym 100%. to help more people. Right. Like if you put the help before the money, that's just the way it works, right? 100%. The horse in front of the buggy, it's just the way it works. The horse is the tool to get the buggy going. Yep. I mean, that's just the way, where it goes. And if you want that buggy to work well, you have to also take care of that horse. Mm-hmm. You can't just grease the wheels. Yep. You've got to take care of that horse because that horse is literally pulling it. Grease those wheels, get the new bearings in them hook up the spot have these leather seats make that shit fresh throw in the ac <laughs> yeah it's all like you have no horse going nowhere i'll tell you what you asked me anyone who's thinking about starting a new business i swear to god you need to read the book the pumpkin plan by mike mccallowitz mike mccallowitz mike mccallowitz like shout out to mike mccallowitz and probably one of the best business books i've ever read yeah. is the pumpkin plan it simplifies shit so much that you will treat your pumpkin you will treat your business aka your pumpkin like a 500 pound like you know county fair winning pumpkin that looks like it's on steroids yeah and if you read that book i promise you so that's another thing too is entrepreneurs or or solopreneurs or self-employed whatever they want to be they're thinking about starting a business read that fucking book and also don't be afraid to ask questions yeah talk to other business owners Mm -hmm. people are always like oh like you know they're 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 not gonna want to talk to me because they're competition most entrepreneurs at least good entrepreneurs want to see others succeed yeah and we have a big enough market like in personal training in the fitness world there's a there's plenty of people who need our fucking help right. sorry to say it america but there's plenty of you motherfuckers out here yeah. that need our fucking help right so if someone comes to me and says jake how did you become successful as a trainer i'll tell them everything they need to know um i'll tell them everything they need to know because i want to see them do well right so entrepreneurs solopreneurs yeah. people that want to start a business let your ego go. Ask as many questions as you possibly can. The worst thing that another potential business that's kind of like yours can say is, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Sure. Rejection is a fucking myth. Don't even worry about it. You didn't have it before. You didn't have their guidance or their knowledge or anything before. Yeah. You still don't have it. Yeah. But someone else out there will probably give it to you. Yeah. That's true. Talk. Man, Jack, it's been good hanging out, having, having a quick conversation with you. I appreciate it, big dog. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people? And then also how, how they can get a hold of you, maybe, uh, you know, if it's social media or if it's here or wherever. Yeah, no, like I said, man, I, I've hit on this a couple times. And, and the biggest thing I hope anyone can take from this podcast and just listen to this, if you've listened this long, 
is don't allow anybody or anything else to dictate what success to you is don't what'd you say don't don't let someone else be the master yeah. of you or whatever like if, if someone tells you you look good and you say yes and that made that made you feel better that person was just your master for a second right yes so figure out what success is to you yeah. whether that be what your tax bracket is what car you're driving what you're doing for a job whatever that is man like you have to define that don't let anyone else or anybody anything define that for you mm -hmm. fuck that noise and stick to that and it's daily it's a daily habit it's a mm -hmm. daily ritual continue to get better in everything that you do um you can find me uh here at the happy factor my email is jake at strong is happy.com uh i'm also on facebook at just simply jacob elston and then my instagram hell i don't even really know it. it's a uh, happy underscore factory underscore jake if you guys want to follow me on instagram i'm not gonna lie guys i don't do the whole like influencer shit so the stuff that you do see on my instagram is just real it's raw it's it's unedited and shit i don't do filters um you'll see some of my family stuff some of my fitness stuff that's just who i am is i do my best to be a real motherfucker and uh yeah, i don't sugarcoat anything um yeah so that's how you guys can find me Perfect, man. Appreciate it, Jake. I appreciate you, Chach. Have a good one, bro. Thanks, brother. Thank you for listening to Coffee with Chachi with me, Chachi. You can find me on Instagram at Coffee with Chachi and my personal account at Chachi Gustin. Have a great week.